welcome to the Access Church Podcast. We're going to get into the sermon today, and today we are going to finish out our, our sermon series that we started a, a few weeks ago called The Kingdom of Heaven is Like. And, and we have been going over the, the seven parables of the kingdom of God. The seven parables of the kingdom of God. And one of the things, if, if you're new to Axis Church, you'll, you'll probably realize that, that some of the language and terminology that we use um, might be different than maybe a, another church or church used to go to because we, we, we realize that the kingdom of heaven has been, been hijacked by, by the construct or the concept of religion and religion is nothing more than man's way of trying to replace the kingdom of God. Religion is nothing more than than man trying to reconcile himself to God. And we know that there is nothing that we could ever do, there's nothing that we could ever say that that we could do in, in our own strength, in our own efforts to reconcile us. To, to God, right? It is God that seeks us. It is God that draws us. It is God that, that brings us in. And, and, and like I always say, that the kingdom of heaven is not Burger King, right? At Burger King, you can have it. But the kingdom of God is God's way, right? Don't act like y'all don't watch TV and don't go to Burger King, right? So Jesus begins to, to shift his language here in, in, in Mark chapter 4 and in Matthew chapter 13. And he begins to talk about the idea because the same, what, what, happened, what, what happened with us today was what happened to them in, in, in that time. The, the kingdom of God was, was hijacked by, by religion, right? Religion oppresses, religion causes us to feel inadequate, right? You know, sometimes I come across people and, and I invite them to church and they're, Pastor, I'd love to go to church, but I'm afraid if I walk in, God's gonna strike me with a lightning bolt, right? Your church might burn to the ground. You know, and what that tells me is that they have a concept of religion, but they don't understand who God is, Right? Because that's not who God is. God is, is, is not some divine being sitting on a throne just waiting to see that who he can throw lightning bolts out, who, who, he can, who he can strike down, right? The perfect picture of who God is we see in the parable of the prodigal son that when the prodigal son, after, after spitting in his father's face, decides to come home, what does the father do? He doesn't throw lightning bolts. The Bible says that that's the only moment that the God... That father ran to his son and he welcomed him and, and, and he, he, he wrapped him up in his arms and he gave him a ring, a robe, and some really cool boots. And, <laughs> but when people tell me that, right away I understand that they don't know who God is. They, they, they know religion and unfortunately it is religion that makes us feel like we are unworthy, like, like we are inadequate. So Jesus here, he begins to really lay out what the kingdom of God is. So go with me to the book of Mark chapter 4, and we'll be reading the first eight verses. It says, once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore.'" 
A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables such as this one. So this is the, the first episode, the first, uh, the, the first parable that Jesus begins to share with the people to give them a picture and the pattern of, of what he really came to do. And, and I say this all the time, he didn't come to start a church or a religion or even Christianity. He came to extend and establish the kingdom of God here on the earth. And it says, verse 3, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that, that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times much as they had been planted. So... Here Jesus is, is talking about four types of soil, and he's drawing a, a correlation between the, 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 the condition of a person's heart with the type of, of, of soil, right? And, and I've said this before, that, that this was a, a scenario or a situation that the people that he was communicating with would have been very familiar with. They were, they were farmers. They, they, they worked the land. They worked with sheep. And, 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 and they, they were very familiar. So when he's talking about this, God is communicating with them in, in a language that... And, and, and a picture of what they could really relate to and, and understand. So he's drawing this correlation between a type of soil and the condition of a, a person's heart. So we have four types of soil. We have the footpath, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, and then we have the good soil, and we've already covered the first three, but let's kind of recap. So the first one that he talks about is the footpath, right? The footpath. Now, now this is this type of soil, because it's been trampled on and walked on, begins to compact, and, and it, it begins to be, to, to, to be concrete, and, and, and it begins to harden. And, and what the Bible says, and what Jesus is saying, that because the soil is, is hardened, because the soil is, 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 is compact and concrete, that when when the farmer's seed lands on the soil, it, it, it doesn't penetrate. It stays on, on the surface, right? It stays right there. And the Bible says that that, that means that the birds can come and, and, and steal it away. In fact, what Jesus says in, in Mark 4.14, he says, The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed, verse 15, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message 
only to have Satan come at once and, and take it away. And so Jesus is drawing the correlation of a of, of footpath of, of hardened soil with those who have a hardened heart, a heart that has been trampled and hardened by through indifference, adversity, or, or even deception, right? So the seed of wor the word of God is sown, but unable to penetrate. So the enemy comes and, and snatches it away, right? And I think we all know some people that, that because of what they've gone through in life, and especially these last couple of years who have, have, have been something that most of us never thought we would ever go through, the sickness and death and infirmity, you know, people, you know, dying around us, right? If we don't watch and guard our hearts, our hearts can be hardened by that and not allow the word of God to, to penetrate. The second type of soil that we talked about and Jesus talked about was the rocky soil or the, the shallow soil, right? Mark chapter 4, 16 and 17 says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word, right? And so Jesus says that the, the, this type of heart receives the, the seed of God's word with, with great enthusiasm, right? These are the kind of people that, that like the, the blessing of God's word, and they like the comfort of God's word, but they don't want to be confronted by, by God's word. These are the kind of people, you know, that only want you to preach the nice things and the good things as as, as the, the scriptures say, you know, we have the milk of the word, which is milk, the, the word that, that comforts, but we can't just live off of milk. For, for example, let me ask you, how many have had your baby bottle this morning of milk? Probably just Malachi and Micah, right, you know, and right they had their but why 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 don't we drink baby bottle because that does not have the nutrients and the nourishment that that you and I need as as adults and that's the same thing see if we only preach and teach the milk of the word right if we only come to comfort and not confront you will never reach the 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 spiritual maturity to withstand the, the, the storms and the stresses of life. You will never reach, and that's what the Bible says, because your, your, your faith is shallow, the soil is shallow, you receive the word of God, but, but there's, there's a lack of commitment. And, and, and what that lack of commitment is, is rocks, and those rocks represent issues, habits, attitudes, maybe it's unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness. It, it could be an, an offense. You know, whatever it is, that, that rock is, is covered by, by shallow soil. So when the word of God comes, it's unable to, to create deep roots. And so the Bible said, these are the people right here. Jesus said that the moment it gets tough, right, they get going. The moment that it gets difficult to, to serve God, the moment where, where your commitment is tested, the moment where it's no longer easy, you're comfortable to serve the Lord, right, the, the moment 
moment where, where, where now you, you have to go through some things. You, you don't have the, the, the root system to withstand the storms and the stresses of life. And the Bible says that this type of heart receives the word with great enthusiasm, right? They, they, they make a great start, but as soon as trouble or persecution comes, you know, they, they fall away because there was no root, there was no depth to their faith or to their belief. And, you know, this kind of person, you know, they, they, they do well as long as they're with the right people, they're with the right atmosphere, right? And as a pastor, I see it all the time. I see that when people around me, they talk very spiritual and religious, but when they get around their friends from work or their neighbors or their family, they, they, they talk differently, right? And I'm like, just be yourself, right? You know, you're not going to hurt me or bother me or offend me, you know, just be yourself. But these are the kind of people that, that when they're with church folk, they act like church folk, but when they're with world folk, they act like world folk, right? And I know it's none of you in here, it's those that are in Del Rio, right? I'm just making that clear. All those people stayed home today, right? Right? So they, they do well, but, but because they have no roots to stand on their own, once they're on their own, the Bible says that they fall away quickly, right? They fall away quickly. And we see this all the time. Every January, you know, they make their, 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 you know, new year resolution, like God, for real, for real, like for real this time, I'm going to like for real, right? I'm going to serve God. And they do good all the way till about Valentine's day. And then spring starts, the sun's out and it's so easy just to go to the lake and hang out, right? We, 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 it's just so easy to, you know, go from the weekly plan to the monthly plan and then to the quarterly plan, right? And then, then we got the biannual, we got the creasters, Christmas and Easter. Yeah, we call them creasters, right? Those that show up on Christmas and Easter. And then Jesus talks about the thorny soil, right? The thorny soil. Mark 4, 18 and 19 said, The seed fell among the thorns, represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. And we talked about uh, the function of weeds and thorns. Actually, it, it, it chokes out the, the good seed. The, the weeds and the thorns do not allow the, the seed to, to gain ground and nourishment. It, it, it's taking a place. And, and we talked about last week how that, that word, the, the worries of this world, comes from the Greek, uh, two Greek words, which means to have a divided mind. It, it means to have a divided mind. And as long as you know, our, our mind is divided with, with the concepts and the ideas, Theologies and the philosophies of, of this world, right? And, and one of the things as, as a pastor, as a believer that I have seen today, I, I have seen how, how people compartmentalize their life, right? They, they compartmentalize their life. And let me tell you, when you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you cannot just serve God on Sunday. 
You can't. You can't compartmentalize your life. And, and I talk to people and, you know, they, they compartmentalize their religious life from, from their political life, right? They, they, they compartmentalize their, their, their religious life from, from their, their, their social life, right? When, when they're at church, they're at church, but, but they still want to move and act in social circles, right? They, they, they have a divided mind. And the Bible is saying what Jesus is saying is as long as your mind is divided, the, the word of God will not will never be able to flourish or produce to the level that it's capable of. And he talks about the lure of wealth. The lure of wealth is the deception of self-sufficiency. The deception of self-sufficiency for us to think that we don't need God. I've talked with pastors, you know, I've talked with, with people as a pastor, you know, and, and you know, oftentimes they say, well, I just don't need God right now. And to me, that's the biggest deception because the closer I get to God, the more I realize that I need God. I don't feel more, more, more self-sufficient. The more, the, the more and closer I get to God, the, the less qualified and adequate I feel to be your pastor, to be here, you know, preaching. And oftentimes I think, man, because I know myself and the closer I get to God, I think, man, anybody else could be doing a better job than, than, than I am. And, and so you, we can never get to that point where we feel like, like our life is in our, our, our own hands. And so the lure of wealth is, is the decision of self-sufficiency and then Jesus rounds the thorny soil out with the desire for other things which is is to be contaminated by a secular world view right and and, and it's crazy how you hear, you know, especially among among politicians, right? And you hear that, like, I, I believe, uh, I, I'm a Christian, I believe, but but I don't believe that, you know, that that abortion is wrong. And I'm thinking, you can't compartmentalize. Either you you believe in 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 life, and you believe that life, you know, starts at conception, or you don't. You cannot compartmentalize. You can't divide your life because if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ. It should reflect in your business ethics. It should reflect in your politics. It should, re it should reflect in, in your educational stance. When you are a disciple of Christ, it should permeate the word of God and his values and his word should permeate in every area of your life. We can't pick and choose. We, we can't do that. But, but that's what he's taking. He's talking about the thorns and the weeds, right? Remember we talked about the parable of the wheats and the tares, how they grow together. But, but it, it, the, the wheats and the tares ended up, end up choking out the, the weeds. See, as long as there are, are roots of, of, of evil and, and, and ideologies of this world that, that are in our minds, the word of God will eventually get flushed out. And I've seen it in over 30 years of ministry, how people have tried to walk with one foot in the kingdom and one foot outside of the kingdom in the world. And sooner or later, they'll have both feet. I rarely see where they put both feet in the kingdom of God when they have a divided mind. It just happens. Uh, and we and I tell that to young people all the time, right? You you, you can't just be a, a a believer on 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 Tuesdays or Sundays. It, it, you can't compartmentalize your life. You you have to be a believer, a follower, a disciple of Jesus, and it should reflect in every area of your life. And we need to recognize when we have weeds and thorns that are choking out 
the word of God. And then Jesus ends this parable with the fourth type of soil, which is the fertile soil. Mark 4, 8 says, Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Remember, God is the sower, the seed is the word of God, which is Jesus, and the soil is the heart, Right? And, 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 I, and I love this because Jesus is telling the people, and he's, he's foreshadowing, right? He's foreshadowing. He's starting his ministry, but he's foreshadowing each, each response that each type of heart is going to have when he reveals himself as the Messiah, right? He's, he's going to reveal himself as the word of God, the, the seed of God. So he ends this parable with the, with the fertile soil. Now, I, I want you to notice that there, this heart, this, this soil is no different than any of the other three soils that he mentioned before. In fact, it hears the exact same word or seed as the first soil, the footpath. It hears it with excitement, just like the second soil, the, the rocky soil. It lives in the same exact world with all the deceits and temptations as the third soil, right? The, the thorny soil. The difference is the fact that the, this heart, this soil is prepared. The rocks and the weeds have been removed, right? And, and that's why we, we have worship. That's why we, we, we do 20 to 30 minutes of worship on Sunday because we understand that in order for the seed of, of the God's word to, to flourish in your life, we've got to prepare the hearts. And, and the reality is, is that, like Erica said, you know, this was a difficult week for her. Maybe for you it was a difficult week and all of those things you don't realize become rocks and thorns and weeds. And what we want to do through worship is that we don't don't want to entertain you. We're not here to put on a show. What we're here to do is prepare your heart because it is through worship that you begin to take the focus off of you, off of your needs and off of your problems and you begin to focus on the problem solver, on the promise keeper. And so as you begin to worship, the reign of the Holy Spirit takes that heart that was hardened and it begins to soften it up. The Holy Spirit begins to remove the rocks. It begins to remove the weeds and the thorns so that when Pastor Brian comes with the seed of the word of God, your heart is prepared and ready. And that's the difference. That's what causes this, this soil to be able to produce, as Jesus said, 30, 60, and 100 fold. See, these are the people who are receptive to God's word and they hunger for it. They grow and mature and bear fruit. But I, I was thinking this week, and, and, and like I said, there are things that God is showing me. It's like, why would Jesus say that this fertile soil can receive, can produce 30, 60, and 100? I was like, well, I mean, we, we know the, the seed of the word of God is, is, is truth. It, it's pure. It's, it's the, the best seed. And, and so we, we know the sower, the farmer who is God knows what he's doing. He's given us the best seed. So why would it in some cases produce 30? In other cases, it would produce 60. In other cases, it would produce 100 fold. And 
I began to meditate on that this week, and I realized that, that this reflects the condition of our heart. And the reality is, is that we are more receptive to certain words and certain parts of God's word than we are to others. Right? There are some people that as soon as Matt comes here to talk about, well, we have four ways to give, you're like, la, 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 right? You're doing that spiritually. We have four ways to give, and we talk, we, we preach about tithing and, and giving and offering and first fruits, la, 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 la. Right away, the heart shuts down. It becomes callous, and the seed of God's words, and you come up with every reason why not to honor God with your 10%. I've got too many bills. I can't make it. And you can come, and I've sat with people that literally try to use the word of God to go against God's principles, right? They, they use the word to, 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 you know, to debunk the word. And I'm like, it, it doesn't work that way, right? And we preach about tithing and giving, and right away, la, 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 la. What does that tell me is that, that we are more receptive to certain word than we are to other words. There are some where we talk about holiness, right, and living a holiness lifestyle, you know, and, and being separate and apart, you know, from, from, from the, different than, than the words, and right away, la, 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 because we don't want God to mess with our social life. We like being part of the high, right, being part of the popis. Popis is the Greek word for, and, and if we don't, do certain things and act certain ways and you know they they may not that we, we might not we might not get invited to to their daughter's quinceanera so you know we, we've got to compromise in certain things we've got to you know let, we're, and we might even use the pretext of not being religious you know and we talk about holiness and there's others where we talk about fasting and prayer and, and we talk about that and, and little by little we have certain areas in our life where when we preach certain words we're all receptive yeah, God's going to give us a breakthrough and there's a miracle on the dry bones. And, and right there, we're so receptive to that, that God's word can, can produce a hundred, a hundredfold. But we speak about tithing or giving and we're just not quite ready yet. And so the, even though the heart is prepared and the seed is good, it's not going to produce at its full potential. So he says that if the Soil is fertile, right? It could produce 30, 60, or 100. And, and our goal, our goal is to be so open and so receptive to whatever God, word God wants to deposit into our hearts. And I said this in Del Rio. If, if, if there's not a Sunday that you don't walk out of here mad, and thinking, I don't know, I know why he said that he was following me on Instagram and Facebook. I know, Pastor, he's just over there trolling, trying to see what he can preach about and what I did, right? If, you, if, you, if there's not a Sunday you don't walk out mad, then I'm not doing my job. Because I'm not here to just comfort you. I'm here to give you the meat of the word. I'm here to confront those attitudes, those habits, those behaviors. I'm here to make you a better father. I'm here to make you a better husband. I'm here to make you a better wife, a, a, a better mother, a better son, amen, a better daughter. How many parents say amen? That's what I'm here to do. If I'm just comforting you and babying you all the time, you're never going to grow and you're never going to mature. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the seed that God is using to uproot the weeds and the rocks that are in your life that are keeping the word of God 
from penetrating. I'm not even on social media half the time. I know, Pastor, there he is. He's just trying to see what he can preach about. I know he said that because of me. I know somebody told... People, let me tell you that I have given prophetic words and people walk out mad because they think their friends or their family told me exactly what was going on in their life. And I'm like, I didn't even know. I know pastor, but they thought, like, why did you tell pastor? <laughs> it happens more often than you think. But I've got to, you know, in, in, in Ephesians 4.11, the Bible says that Jesus, that these are the gifts that he gave. Apostles, right, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. You know that word equipping in the Greek is a medical term, which means to set a broken bone. Has anybody ever had a broken bone set? I pray you don't. They say it hurts worse than when you break it, Right? So my job is to hurt you by resetting those broken bones, those broken areas in your life, in, in your mindset, in, in, in your marriage, in your family. That's, that's my job. And let me tell you, I don't do that because I'm perfect, right? Doctors don't give you medical advice because they're completely healthy. I've had more overweight doctors tell me, you need to lose weight. I'm like, hello? <laughs> right? You need to lose weight. You need to take care of yourself. I'm like preaching, you know, like <laughs> you need to lose weight, right? <laughs> no offense to our medical professionals and doctors in here. They go to a different church. We have nothing but good, good medical professionals, doctors here, right? So don't think that pa pastor is here because he's perfect. No. Let me tell you, before I ever preach it to you, I preach this to myself, Right? That, that's how it is. So our, our, our goal is to be, be receptive. But the, this type of heart is, are those who are receptive to God's word that hunger for it and mature, right? And that's why Jesus said that they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much has been planted. See, this level of fruitfulness would have astonished and amazed these people who knew that the average crop yield in those days was less than 8 to 1. And they were probably thinking like, dude, where do you get kind of that kind? kind of seed because they were they that that never happened to them and Jesus is saying you know what if your heart is open if your heart is receptive if your heart is prepared this is what I can do in your life so how does the soil of our heart become fertile well I'm glad you asked we must allow our lives to be pruned and plowed pruned and plowed both of those things hurt. You know, when, when, when Timothy came under Paul's ministry and covering, and, and the Bible says that Timothy was probably around 17, 18 years old when he became a disciple of Paul. You know that the very first thing that Paul did was he circumcised him. He cut him. Right? All the men are cringing. Like, right? He cut him. But how many of you know that there's a difference when you cut to heal than when you cut to hurt? Right? There's a difference. When you go to the doctor, the doctor cuts to heal, right? He doesn't cut to hurt. He cuts to heal, but he cuts to heal. But see, the problem is, is that the body doesn't know the difference. The body doesn't know the difference between a scalpel or a shank. It doesn't. 
It hurts either way. That's why they give you anesthesia. Why? Because the body doesn't know the difference. And that's what it's like with the word of God. My job is to cut you. My job is to cut you. But you should always know that I will never cut to hurt you. I'm only here to cut to heal you. And that's what the word of God does. And sometimes when we preach the word and we speak the word, it's going to cut, it's going to hurt. But just like you submit yourself to the care of of a surgeon that will take the scalpel and he'll begin to slice and cut and the body doesn't know the difference, it hurts the same. That's why you get mad and you walk out, I'm never coming back to this church again. Right? And that's what pruning is. Pruning is... He's cutting away those old things, those habits, those mindsets, those attitudes. And all the men are like, preach it, pastor, to my wife. Preach it. (laughs) And that's the answer right there. Look at what Paul writes in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is the truly... This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the way that you, your heart becomes fertile is through pruning and, pl- and, and plowing. And so Paul here is talking about the first part. He's talking about the pruning where he says you've got to present yourself as a living and holy sacrifice. A living and holy sacrifice is a daily sacrifice every day. You've got to submit yourself to the to the, the surgeon of surgeons. You've got to submit your heart and say, God, whatever it is that you need to remove from my heart, my attitudes, my behaviors, my habits, break those things, cut those things out so that I can produce whatever you want to produce in my life. It's a pruning, and the pruning hurts. Let me tell you, I've been pruned by my pastor. He cuts deep. He's a surgeon. And he cuts deep. Oh, yeah. And there's times I got mad at him because I didn't like it. But I realized through time that he wasn't cutting to hurt. He was cutting to heal. And that's what the word of God does. And that's why you come to church and you submit and you, sur- you, you surrender, right? You're, you're, you're allowing God to prune you. Look at what Jesus said in John 12, 24. He says, very, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. We have to die to our ambitions, our will, and our selfish desires. See, oftentimes when I do premarital counseling, I I get the couple together, and right before we're going to marry, I say, are you ready to die? (laughs) And I tell the men, you're dying to your bank account. You're dying to your friends. You're dying to football. No, that's not what I said. Are you ready to die? And they look at me. I said, yes. See, when I signed that that, that marriage license, it's actually a death certificate. (laughs) They're like, a death certificate? I said, yes, because you're dying to me and you're giving birth to we. It's no longer about I. And see, when, when I do couples counseling, after, like, after a week they're married, right? They start fighting. Some of us fought on the first day. I'll raise my hand. Like, right? 
And they say, well, I, I, I. And see, that's the problem. You're still thinking. You haven't died to yourself. A marriage and a relationship will only flourish if you die to your own ambitions, if you die to your own will, you die to your own plans, and you die to your own priorities. It can no longer be about you. It has to be about we. And usually that's the root of conflict in marriage is we haven't died to me and we haven't given birth to we. So the second, the second part is the plowing, right? See, it is the plowing that breaks up the rocks, uprooting the weeds, softening the ground. That's what the word of God does in us and for us. And Paul equates this as, as being transformed in, into a new person by, by the way we think. And, and that's what the word of God does. When we receive the word of God and we allow God's word and God to plow our hearts, to prune our hearts, what we're doing is we're allowing God God to change us so that we can be better, that we can, you know, have better families and better marriages and, and be a better husband, a better wife, a better father, a better mother. That's what the word of God does. But I've learned something. That the soil cannot prune or plow itself. Have you ever passed by some of these ranchos and they have fields, right? Have you ever seen a, a field plow itself? No, it can't. The sower does it all, right? The sower is the one who plows the field. He removes the weeds. He breaks up and removes the rocks. And he plants the seed. And it's the sower that makes it grow. See, it doesn't matter whatever condition your heart is in today. If you want God to change your heart from a rocky heart or a thorny heart or a hardened heart to a fertile heart, you don't have to do anything but submit and surrender to him. All you have to do is open your heart. And see, that's what religion does. Religion puts the onus on us. If, if I can say this many prayers, if I can, if, if I can go and, and walk up to the Catedral de Guadalupe in La Basilica in Mexico City on my knees, then I'll have God's favor. But let me tell you, there's nothing you could ever do to earn God's favor. God, out of his love and out of his grace, he's already given you the favor. All you got to do is open your heart to receive it. But pastor, I can't change. Uh, this is how I am. Así somos los Gonzales. Por generaciones. But I'm here to tell you that even the Gonzales is no match for the sower. When the Gonzales takes that heart and they open and say, God, here you do whatever you want. And the sower will begin to till and he begin to toil and begin to plow and prune the heart. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 6-7, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. See, it's God that brings the growth. And see, that's the key to, to being fruitful, is to live a life in surrender and submission to the Lord. I learned something a few years ago. And I'm not saying that I've been in more of, than a few defensive driving classes throughout my life. But in one of those times when I was younger, I would speed a lot. Um, 
Jesús, controlala. The, the facilitator was, was talking about drunk driving and, and driving, and he said something that really impacted me. He said that oftentimes drunk drivers will walk out of an accident unscathed, and usually the victims that walk out are walk, usually they're the ones that get hurt. And so I began to kind of look into that, like what would cause a drunk driver to be to walk out of an accident unscathed and for the victims to walk out, you know, in, 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 in pain and, and in bodily injury and harm. And the only thing that I could kind of find was that they said that the drunk driver is so drunk, he's still having the party in his head. And usually those that are victims, they're, they're, they're coming onto this collision, into this accident, and they tense up. And that causes bodily injury. <laughs> and, and, and the drunk driver like, que sigue la fiesta, right? He's like, woo, like, hey, those are cool lights or whatever. And they walk out unscathed. And I thought about if we would live our life that way, not saying to go get drunk and drive. No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, pastor said, let's eat mom. No, that's not what I'm saying. Is that there's a principle is that when we submit and surrender our life to God, willingly, it hurts less. When we say, God, do it your way and, and do it on your terms, but, but when, when we try to do it on our terms, we find out like Jonah that you can get swallowed up by a whale. Like when we run from God and, and we're trying to hide from God and trying to hold back from God, it's different. Then we come to God and we say, God, here's my life. Here's my heart. I surrender it all to you. The chances of it hurting worse, it's, it's probably going to hurt, begins to minimize. So I encourage you today to submit and surrender your heart. And I'm going to close with this last thing. I want you to notice something here in this parable. That all of the four soils that Jesus talked about were from the same field. In other words, Jesus was saying that this does not necessarily represent four different types of people, but it's four different types of responses to the Word of God by the same person. It's the same field, right? And, and, and when you think about it, all of us at times in our lives we have had our hearts hardened, maybe rocky or thorny or, 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 or even fertile, right? Our lives are a blend of many responses to God, like at certain words, at certain times. At times we may be callous to His voice. At other times we may settle for a shallow or artificial faith. At other times we might be overly concerned with the things of this world which really don't matter. But yet there are times when we are like the warm and fertile soil. We are receptive and responsive to his word. So these are not four different types of people. God is showing us, Jesus is showing us that at different times in our lives, it's the same soil, the same field, the same heart that has different responses to God. So the question of the day, what is the condition 
of your heart today. And that's why Paul says, to present yourself as a living sacrifice. A living meaning not to take something that was alive and kill it. No, what he's saying is that it has to be a living, it has to be a daily sacrifice. Let me tell you, as your pastor, every day I've got to put my flesh on the altar and say, God, uproot those attitudes, uproot those habits, uproot those behaviors, uproot those things that, that hinder me, that hinder your word from, from flourishing in, 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 in your word. God, the, your word from flourishing, it's promise, and your promise is coming about in my life. So what is the condition of your heart today? Some of you might have rocks in your heart. Rocks represent resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, offense, holding grudges. Maybe you're double-minded. You're compartmentalizing your life. Whatever it is today, today is the day to submit and surrender your heart to God, the great sower, the great farmer, and let him remove rocks if he has to remove them. Let him pull up the weeds and the thorns if he has to do that. Or just let him water and cultivate the word and the seed of God's word. Maybe you're the hardened heart today. And today is the day to let the Holy Spirit come and reign and soften your heart so that you can be receptive to him. Will you stand? I want to do something today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for those that will say, Pastor, you know what? There are, there are rocks in my heart. I'm still dealing with old attitudes, habits, behaviors, grudges, offenses. I'm still holding on to, to things that not, have not allowed me to walk freely. Maybe you're still holding on offenses to your husband, your wife, your ex-husband, your ex-wife. Maybe an ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend. Maybe a mother, a father. Maybe a son or a daughter. Maybe it's a neighbor or a co-worker. Someone that has hurt you deeply. And you still have that rock in your life. And if that's you today, and today you want to allow the sower to remove those rocks that are hindering the seed of God's word to flourish right where you're at. I want you to raise your hand. Maybe you felt let down. Maybe you felt abandoned. Amen. Anybody else? Raise your hand. I'm here to tell you that the great sower, the great farmer, he's ready to remove those rocks so that the word of God can flourish in your life. Okay, you can put your hands down. Maybe there's someone here today that you recognize that you have weeds and thorns in your heart. Maybe you, you, you battle pride and, and self-sufficiency, thinking that you can make it on your own. But today you recognize and realize that you can't do it without God. Maybe you have a divided mind or maybe you just have an appetite for things that, that are outside of what God wants to provide and give you today. But you want God to uproot those weeds Maybe you're still dealing with old habits and behaviors that are choking out the promises of God's word. And God is wanting to do things in your life, but the weeds and the thorns are still choking that promise out.
If that's you today, raise your hand and say, you know what, I want, I want the weeds uprooted in my life. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Yes, amen. He's going to do it today. You're going to walk out free. You're going to walk out, out, out liberated today because of where the Spirit of the Lord is, Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that have raised their hands, God, those that have weeds and rocks and thorns in their heart. God, I pray today that as they submit and surrender their heart to you today, that you would begin to come and, 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 and break up the, the, the rocks. You could begin to, to break up the rocks, those things that they're, they're holding on to that have not allowed them to, to live freely, to not allow your word to flourish in their life. God, I pray that you would tear it all down right now. And God, begin to uproot the weeds of self-sufficiency. The weeds of, of, a, of a divided mind. The weeds of, of those that are after other things outside of those things that you provide. God, help us to uproot the weed of self-sufficiency and recognize that you're all I want and you're all I need that there's nothing else in this life that matters more than to have you. That a life with you is not something we just do on Sunday, but it's, it's a relationship that we live out every day. Holy Spirit, begin to soften even those hardened hearts today. Maybe they've been hardened and calloused by the adversities and the tragedies of life. Maybe they've been hurt by people, hurt by church and religion. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, I pray that the rain of your spirit would begin to fall on their hearts today, softening their heart so that they can be open and receptive to what you want to do in their life. God, I thank you for this word, and I thank you for the healing and the restoration that is going to come about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.